Welcome to Translating Infinity. They are communicating. Have we forgotten how to listen? Understand that the guidance, the ultimate reorientation is not done through the words you are being encouraged to dive deeply into the current beneath the words. The words are only offered in this way so that we might be visible in your reality, audible in your reality. We are here to assist you in diving back in to the truth of who you are so that you might feel this reorient and re-emerge in your natural state. Welcome to episode 10 of the Translating Infinity podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Meyer. I'm here, alive and present with what is, and right now it's a lot. Can you feel that pregnant pause? It's a cosmic pregnant pause. It feels like our entire context is about to change. I'm happy that you joined me here. I know, I wasn't expecting to say that, but it just came out. The opening clip you heard was from two months ago, right before departing on that memorable road trip to Chaco Canyon, the one that's still changing and rearranging me. I guess I can't say that I mentally understand what took place there. I would describe it as I do many of my encounters with other Quite often, the interactions include downloads of information and guidance that I seem to unpack as I live my life. In this episode, I speak to the ones who are awakening. You don't have to be called an experiencer. I don't really care about the words and terms so much anymore. I work with the current or the river beneath the words and translate it to the best of my ability. I'm here to model one way forward into something greater and beyond what we were told was possible. There are many ways. You will discover your own. In these new openings, in the ways that you're awakening, you may be finding that your gifts are coming online too, more and more as the days and the weeks go by. You may also be aware that these changes don't always arrive in expected ways, in the mental framework in which we have been conditioned to perceive and process all incoming data. Wherever you may be in your opening to more, which is happening now for so many, this is when we can make the conscious choice to be informed by the flow of this cosmic river within. Instead of the fear the anxiety, the pain, the shame that we experienced in that old world, 
the one that many of us never found a sense of belonging in. Life is meant to be amazing, like you. And now is the time where we can expand and remember fully who we are and why we came here. So if we look out into our external world right now, there's certainly evidence that things continue to accelerate into weirdness, confusion, and further loss. The earlier messages pointed to this future time of breakdown in a way that made sense to me at the time, but in context of 2005 to roughly 2015, it seemed like a pretty way out there possibility. So this presence, as I've articulated in earlier episodes, doesn't speak or show me these things in words. I see movies in my third eye, and I feel what it feels like to be in the potential scenario. Sometimes I mess up on translating, but the feeling knowing is pure. And no matter what I'm seeing or perceiving, the one constant is that there is always a feeling of being held in this magnetic love. I don't watch the news of the external world anymore. I'll read the headlines, but that's only so I can tap into the vibe of the current system programming and get a general read on the human collective consciousness. Thanks to my lifelong training program from beyond, my navigational decisions in life are sourced from an inner orientation. Over time and practice and the ways I received, I seem to have stumbled into the felt experience of how our bodies are designed to tune into a universal broadcast, one that always has been and always will be streaming. But most cannot perceive it because we have shifted out of phase from it. What it broadcasts is beyond all thought or concept, but we've been entrained to only receive data through the mental filters or receivers. The universal streams in pure energy that I've had a lot of help with in understanding and attuning to. It isn't that I'm special in any way. It's just that my whole life has been about a sort of evolving, morphing, or even mutating into something or someone that, I don't know, might be helpful here to talk about these things, to talk about our inner technologies that have atrophied and gone offline. I'm also here to help others who are interested to locate this technology within themselves and restore it. But that involves becoming conscious of feelings, emotions, and that's a well-protected fortress for most. I want to say... I'm certainly not the only one who has had an unusual life like this. Thankfully, I've met a few of you along the way, and I'm so grateful for that. We don't always talk online or on the phone, but we're connected. There are direct statements within my more recent dreams, downloads and messages that indicate we are here. 
we've arrived in this window that this otherly intelligence has been pointing to since my major download of 1987, which is that moment in time, in looking back, I see that it was the starting point, the launch into a different kind of life path. My offering here may not seem relevant, popular, or even visible at this juncture, and yet I am still driven, passionately, to leave these digital care packages along the trail, since this seems to be a very focused purpose of mine, I'm guessing it's for others who may need this mirroring if they find themselves on this kind of path, walking into the great unknown. While I was connected in my younger years to a non-human presence that seemed to be visiting me, informing me and encouraging me to stay the course for most of my life, I did not have the luxury of conversing honestly and openly with others, human others, with skin on. While I've had some extraordinary teachers in my life, and I do have a close circle of friends, without them, I would not have survived here with such a contrast in worlds. It's why my heart wants to offer to you what I didn't have. And I do this with love. And a wink and a nod to my fellow travelers. You know who you are. Thankfully, in recent years, I've had the joy and blessing of connecting and conversing honestly with others like myself. How do I and other experiencers or other radically shifting humans that I know feel at this moment in time after what we've been through? For most of those years, we felt completely alone. A good number of us are considered elders at this stage. And many of us are genuinely surprised <laughs> that we're still here. What I'm seeing now is that this may have been the goal all along to prepare for and arrive in this very pregnant space between worlds, timelines, dimensions, where we all have a greater opportunity to re-choose, to reorient vibrationally to truth. And if we're paying attention, we can restore what the messages say is our divine, natural, or original design. In other words, we have an opportunity to be back in phase and realigned with our real self and trajectories. By the way, my definition of experiencer is simply one who has been taken beyond all that they were told. They were exposed to a larger, indefinable context and are now hopefully engaging, exploring, and integrating these transformative or transcendent events. This could be anything from ET contact to surviving a tragic accident or illness. In all cases, it feels like we are being shoved. Initially, it feels like forced beyond our previous context, whether we can consciously articulate this or not. Over the years, I have conversed with all different kinds of experiencers. I wasn't looking to write a book or anything. I didn't really keep a record. I simply wanted to find others like me 
for my own sanity, I suppose, I was driven to do it for some kind of validation. And then, of course, to hopefully build a resonant community. Essentially, experiencers, or even just those who haven't quite found their footing here, have had to navigate a world that we either never felt we belonged in, or at some point we realized it was grossly incompatible with who we are. We knew, instinctually, that this world that seems so real to most wasn't so real to us. We've been exposed to or carry within us something more than what is available on the limited menu here. And whether we had conscious recall of it or not didn't matter. The memory of this contradiction lives within us somewhere. We had been exposed to something realer than real. Imagine staying alive and somewhat sane (laughs) and mostly alone while seeing this split or contrast, and not only holding, but living both views simultaneously. So while contact with the beyond can be hard, weird, confusing, and shocking, because expansion can feel like that, the hardest part was re-entry back into the contracting reality. At times it felt like navigating a zombie land of disembodied humans going through the motions of their programming. It's very, very sad and difficult to watch and, and feel this contrast. But it's also very motivating for some of us. There just had to be a reason why we returned from expansion back into the contraction. I feel it's that we came here to tell you about what we learned. Still, our world, our communities insisted that we forget this crazy off-script stuff and get back to the agreed-upon one pronto. And from what I can tell, most experiencers comply for a time due to the intense shaming that comes from sharing things that are beyond the script. Until we integrate and realize there's something to this. We're being changed by it. And for some, it has become part of our mission, if you will, to share it out loud. Whether these insights are embedded in our artwork or spoken outright, it comes from a conscious choice to transcend victimhood and begin a direct and honest inquiry within. Along the way, I remember getting mad. I mean, really mad at times about this difficult life. But I have to say, this is what led to the most profound insight and breakthroughs of my life.
breakthroughs were about finding my courage, my voice, expressing my truth, even if it meant writing my own script, and even if it upset people, whether they were Bible-thumping churchgoer friends or the New Age type. Everyone insisted that it was dangerous to venture out on my own, or should I say venture in. But when I trusted, and I did venture in, this huge presence of love met me there. Then I had to learn how to consistently dialogue with this presence and trust it over the constant chatter of fear in my world at the time. I suppose if someone had an interest in looking beyond the popular social media narratives, there would be a plethora of new kinds of data points to consider in their research about the intersection between the paranormal and human consciousness, or rather conditioned human consciousness. I have learned through the subjective journey, the one that has been dismissed by science as irrelevant, that the unconscious stuff that doesn't fit eventually externalizes in its weird, scary, and mysterious forms. As one engages directly and consciously with the inner presence, a more balanced, masculine, feminine, integrated consciousness returns. And the scary stuff, poof, dissolves. Message received. And what is that message? We have the power to heal this rift between our internal and external realities, to make it seamless again. Our realignment with our natural state transforms our world. These anomalies represent parts of our consciousness that we, and this includes our ancestors, have suppressed or rejected. And if we're only perceiving them through the lens of the intellect, and drawing from a pool of opinions from those we appoint as our authority, the insanity and all of the souls caught up in it will keep looping inside this construct, disconnected from our authority within. Others do benefit from our unconscious choice to keep looping, but they have no power over you when you choose to reattune to your natural design. If we welcomed and dialogued with these external anomalies, we might just unpack and perceive the greater value or gift of it by bringing our attention to it instead of running from or ignoring it. And this is the plethora of new kinds of data that come from the experiential view. This is the true game changer now. As I continue to practice the dialogue that I outlined in episodes 6 and 7, I receive insights or intel for what I need to know, or that which is in harmony or resonance with my passion. This is what I meant when I spoke of my navigational system. This comes in the form of dreams, downloads, and of course, the streaming messages, energy that I began translating into my vocabulary 
after I'd had about five years of integrating the Kundalini event. I know I've referred to this as upgrades in the past, but now I understand it to be more about rebooting ancient or natural technologies within. Long story short, our superpowers have atrophied as a result of this campaign to divert us away from our true nature and greater gifts. And remember, those who profit from a large population of humans who do not know who they are have zero power over you in the moment that you do recognize who you are and you claim it. Your own inner power and authority comes online. It's what the guiding intelligence within me has referred to as the reawakening of our original design or natural state, which I I know I say a lot. (laughs) If you continue to believe that they the system managers, I call them sometimes, that they do have power over you and you engage in their theater, you will continue to live inside their game, their rules. So since 2005, the messages I have recorded seem to be timeless, yet are guiding us into this doorway or intersection to consciously or viscerally restore the inner kingdom and interconnectivity with all. These are hard choices with the words that I use here. I am hyper aware of navigating the filters or the armor that humans wear to defend against the demons or the enemy as defined by our religion, politics, or culture. Trust me, I've been navigating this jungle of words concepts and related belief systems my whole life. I learned early on that I could not speak my truth here. I had to ignore what was authentic, powerful, and something beautifully, deeply connected within me in order to survive in this emotionally, spiritually dumbed down reality. I guess I'm just here to say these things out loud and to share my journey of the popping back and forth between the micro, macro view of what humanity is looping within. And I want to say to you, don't beat yourself up or feel bad about this disconnect. It just is. We were born into this. And in any new moment, We can choose to remember and realign with the truth and the power of who we really are. From what I see and hear on social media, many expect these changes and upgrades to occur from either government disclosure or ETs coming to save us from ourselves. In other words, something out there could become a new authority on these matters, a clear distraction from you rediscovering your authority within. The main theme of what I've named the Sound of Gold Files messages has emphasized that our conscious attention within is mandatory if we choose to restore or re-inherit these natural abilities again. And that is 
assuming we choose to phase back in to the natural state and navigate beyond the current conditions, otherwise known as the great cosmic intersection that we are in, that the ancient wisdom pointed to in their calendar systems. It's a clear message to us from our ancestors. Be ready. Be prepared to meet this light. The more conscious we are, the more harmonious this shift will be. The visiting non-human intelligence seem to come primarily in the form of E.T. in the first half of my life. And it then morphed into that consistent and present voice within. Thankfully, it guided me away from my suicidal ledge that led to the bioenergetic explosion of light inside. As I mentioned in a previous episode, the ancient Ki'iche Maya referred to this explosion, this lightning in the blood, as Koyopa. The Eastern teachings named it Kundalini. For me, it arrived not long after my close call with that last serious intent to end my life. I ended up on this ledge just as many others do. I saw no other possible way to be alive and stay sane in this given reality. I had to come to the great wall of paradox. I became angry and I expressed it. This was truly the inception of the dialogue practice between my perception of self at the time and this other, this presence of light and sound that was and is beckoning me into a new, yet ancient, harmonic state of being. It's hard to know who reached out to whom. Did the higher self reach to me through all of these paranormal events in my lifetime? I don't think the answer will come fully from this side of the wall. Depending on how we respond, these events can be a diving board into our own initiation of that which cannot be translated here. Yet, if we move forward in dialogue with it, we transcend the wall. And the answers are filled in without thought. This is an excerpt from a message from May 2019 on just that topic. Now, how to transcend paradox? For this is what awaits you at these walls the walls that were set in place at a very young age and solidified more and more as you grew older. These walls seem as if they cannot be penetrated. They cannot be overcome. For all you see is the wall. And everyone else on your side of the wall reinforcing the visibility and the reality of that wall. So you get your information from them and what the world 
has told you. Or you turn within and you get your information from the one who knows your power and your capacities to transcend that wall. And even though you might not know how this is done, and you cannot explain this to anyone who only sees within a limited spectrum of consciousness, it cannot be explained unless sincere inquiry comes forth in your direction then there are ways, there are inspiring ways to explain. So how do you learn to trust this still small voice within? How do you strengthen that voice? It is by giving it voice. It is by saying it out loud as we have given in this practice. Speak your truth out loud not in ways that are reduced in order to be understood within limited perceptions. This is something that was a necessary but temporary stage in these past several years. But it is no longer the case. If you are investing your energy into begging your community to see what you see, to feel what you feel, as justification for transcending that wall that somehow you need validation from the world to transcend this wall. You need their permission to transcend that wall. That is the essence of the dichotomy. That is the essence of the paradox itself. So, back to the human view. Since returning from the June trip to New Mexico, I have just been adapting and reorienting to what feels like new, larger pieces of myself. And this has inspired an entirely new way forward. It is nothing that I mentally planned. It simply began unfolding while I witnessed it. Immediately upon my return, I went on a 10-day cleanse and my diet, my relationship with food, has completely changed now. I have begun working on a new community platform website along with Mayan Achkich Eduardo, who has been a wise and kind voice you may have heard in a few previous episodes. Building this site has been a lot of work, but we're both receiving consistent inner support and guidance along the way. More on this when we're ready to announce and invite. 
even though we haven't participated much on existing social media platforms, essentially we both got the message that it was time to build something away from the social media containers that belong to that old world structure and the related future plans for it. And here we'd like to share what we have learned experientially and encourage the next generation of those who will continue to embody and live this greater light, demonstrating it for all to witness. It's kind of like a tag team I was shown. Essentially, many of us pave the way now by breaking down those perceived walls and revealing to souls that there is a pathway beyond this false grid reality. As we stand in the intersection of these great cosmic cycles, it's the light warriors, the embodied ones, who will pave the way. And right now, existing or soon-to-be light warriors are in process of either being shaken awake in one form or another, or truly receiving all the clicks within all of the data coming together, and the light that is pointing the way for your path. It's okay to be in a place right now where you're not really sure what's happening. Keep tuning in within, and you will know your way forward. We do this so that others might remember what they came here to be and do as well. Over the years, my attempts to translate these events that shatter identity and fragmented ways of being in the world, well, the translation will never be perfected here. There are no words to describe what it's like to fall into that fast-moving river of lucid awareness and properly communicate to those who stand on the riverbank. You know, the ones pontificating on all things fragmented and temporary, while I and others are dealing with a present moment rush of new and unexplained body-mind-spirit sensations. I see so many campers on that riverbank, arguing over concepts and beliefs about the river itself. Some may catch a glimpse of me rushing by in the rapids and shouting strange things that trigger their righteous and intellectual sensibilities. Well, that can't be. Guess again. But to most, I know I'm invisible. Or a strange, strange bird. (laughs) Thankfully, we have the occasional direct experiencer that we bump into on our whitewater adventures. And while it's wonderful to not feel so alone with these anomalous events, it's pretty clear that even the experiencers are stumped trying to find frames to explain what's happening to those who haven't yet had the experience of falling in. There are no frames. The river is conscious, and it's carrying us or expanding us into something greater and far more real than what we thought we existed in before. However, at this stage, we still do go back and forth. I notice that when I return from the river of consciousness experience and 
hike back up the banks, back into the contracting world. The ones who stand on the banks, well, they don't really see me. I seem to be as intangible and invisible as the river. Sometimes it's really tough to listen to their chatter as I walk by, still dripping from my recent swim. They speak with such bravado and authority about things they think about but don't know, having never felt the wetness of the river for themselves. Later, when I would attempt to write about the river experience, oftentimes it just flowed as poetry. It probably sounded flowery. If one of the riverbank intellectuals happened to come across my writings, I noted that it was often dismissed as woo or love and light BS, whatever those terms are that they use to feel superior. They feel it must be squashed immediately. They say that what I am directly experiencing and the metamorphosis of self that I am witnessing is not real. Yet truly, it is critical that what the courageous experiencers are shouting to you, because we still can, needs to be heard. Far more than we need to hear more regurgitation from what you heard someone say, from what they heard someone say, from inside a virtual game. As you stand upon the banks of the Truman Show movie sets with built-in scripts, how will we ever reach you to tell you that what you are in and what you are being influenced by is as unreal as it gets? I say this with love and compassion for every human fragment that is currently navigating between realities. This is not an easy journey. So it might do us all well to be as little children now, humble, innocent, honest, open to the wonder and the magic that is not in the future, not in the past, but here now. It has become relegated to the unknown, waiting to be rediscovered, waiting for us to dive in. This is one of my favorite Krishnamurti quotes. The mind rebels against the unknown, so it moves from the known to the known, from habit to habit, from pattern to pattern. Such a mind never abandons the known to discover the unknown. Listen, I've blasted out of all the comfortable compartments of thought into I don't know what. All I know is it's beyond the current script. It's beyond space and time. It's beyond everything we were told. You have every right to call that crazy, but I won't apologize for it. From my perspective, I've never been more balanced, healthy, creative, and consistently full of joy. I spent many years crossing back and forth from my expansive experiences to the smallness again, trying, desperately trying to make both work, to live in both worlds. It doesn't work. In other words, we can't have it both ways. This is where we all get to make that choice. 
Are we more afraid of expansion and the craziness and out of control that comes from that realization that we have no priests or politicians or scientists or even a movie trailer to tell us what is to come? They don't know any more than we do. That pathway to enter the unknown and to begin to be informed by something greater is within each one of us. No one can tell you exactly how to navigate through this. Only that still small voice within you can guide you forward. All I can do is point to it and tell you how it worked for me and to encourage you as this presence encouraged me. I find contraction to be far more painful than expansion. In other words, the resistance to this rushing river causes greater pain than simply confronting the fears. Plus, there is feeling evidence of love in this expansion. And if you're feeling that love in your heart, in your form, it means that you, the ones who've been on this lonely journey too, are in fact facing the fears. As a result, the fear dissolves and makes room for the harmonics to dance, to resonate within our form in the natural way that they do. This is the space in which we know all that we need to know through resonance. It is the river. It is our original source current. I synchronistically stumbled upon a 2017 message that I named the river. I had not listened to this recorded message until now. It was using the same metaphor of the river and our camps alongside the riverbanks, where we can either rest for a short time and reflect on our journey through the river, or we can begin to distance ourselves from the river by creating a more permanent campsite or philosophy to explain it all. Apparently the key in these times is to keep moving. There won't always be a way to explain what you are experiencing. You will feel in your body when you are reaching too far to explain. All of these planes of consciousness are available to humanity now. It is simply a matter of adapting to it. So extracting one plane to X plane, take one plane and attempt to describe this glorious phenomenon for humanity. At a certain point, it is no longer helpful or applicable as it will hinder the movement of the individual. If one is camping out in a certain spot on the path and building an information booth for those 
who are near the camp or uh, have arrived in the camp. These are but temporary places in consciousness to rest and if asked if there is an interest, one might explain from that space. And it must also be recognized that to stay in that camp for too long does not serve the one who is camping and it does not serve the travelers. One must keep moving. So there is a delicate balance from our view. You may leave certain types of breadcrumbs for others so that they may have a mirroring or validation or reflection when they stop to rest. Breadcrumbs that help to inspire, that help to validate the path but it is not meant to be a full camp of information, a body of work, a philosophy. Do you see? This was the approach from your past, to build an image of spirit alongside the river, outside of the river, and there is the danger of camping there permanently rather than receiving what you need in sustenance, in reflection, validation, and then getting back into your canoe and moving with the river once again. For you are all in what we would term the beginning stages of your journey of expansion. What this looks like in individual lives will be quite varied. Do not judge each other at this time. Do not compare. You might have an entirely different way of moving down the river. That when you share your experiences and stories, it will appeal to an entirely different group of human beings. There is not one way, but there is the absolute encouragement to share your experiences. Do your very best to explain in your campsite and then move on. Do not become attached, in other words, to building a business or a philosophy around what you have seen up to that point. Keep moving. Love is here. Joy is here. Laughter is here. Community is here. There is no more reaching for these things.
The understandings are here. Immerse yourself into this stream, this river. And trust that you will know all that you need to know in every present moment. There are many of us here who have been awakened by the rush of this river of expanding consciousness. Some of us are called experiencer, but not all. And not all of us are talking out loud about it. So it has made it difficult to find each other or have honest conversations about it. I speak out loud because it's part of my blueprint to do so. And I've expressed it in a variety of ways since the turn of the century. First off, we're all pretty much invisible to most people anyway, because our interface with consensus got burned away. We no longer identify or find resonance with our avatars in that tired old game. We identify with love, and absolute love doesn't need an interface. It goes direct, if there's an opening. Even if it's just a tiny crack in the hardened shells of that defensive armor that people wear here, mostly in an unconscious way. And if this light does reach you, consciously, in the variety of ways that it can, it will transform you, and continue to transform you, with your physicality intact. Then what? Does it become a new story and identity? A new campsite along the riverbank? Or do we continue to sail or swim into the unknown gracefully and fearlessly? I'm sure most people think that these paranormal experiences would be the scariest and hardest part of all of this. As I've said before, they definitely can be. And there are reasons why we react with a visceral level of terror at times. But the hardest part in all of this is to maintain a certain level of coherent awareness throughout, even if there was fear and denial of the experience. Something was gifted to you, and it will forever be available to you whether you consciously unwrap it and engage with it or not. Whether we had an accident and died and returned again, or whether high-frequency otherworldly beings touched us through the walls of a weird video game we've been looping in. At a certain point, experiencers or lucid ones are called to make a choice. Do we choose to grow with this new set of higher-frequency markers of light within us now? Or do we deny this seemingly new kind of currency, information, and presence, and pull ourselves out of the river to make ourselves small again and fit back into the forgetting on the banks of all that we were told by those who don't know or have long forgotten what the wetness of water even feels like. Everything I do and speak now is from years of orienting to the resonance of this source light within. I'm grateful for the teachings that came through in this watery place. It's the water itself that seems to flow through onto a page in a translated message or song. 
It's all I have to deposit here, an extension or tributary, perhaps, of what was added unto me. You see, this presence has never stopped trying to make itself visible and audible to all of us. But long ago, we agreed to make ourselves smaller than we are. We cut ourselves off from the waters to follow the authority of the leaders and managers of this desert construct. Whether you include yourself in the category of experiencer of something more or not, we are all in a position to consciously dig deeper and find the gifts that were deposited within our original design, a divine spark that is the light of the great cosmic mother inside of you. In closing, I turn my attention to the few who haven't become uncomfortable and dropped away, the ones who are still listening here now. If you are hearing these words at this point in my recording, it means that this has value to you. Somehow it nurtures or maybe it disturbs. Either way, you're feeling something that you've always known yet had very little reflection or mirroring for in this world. So you suppressed it. I want you to know, and I want you to feel validated. You are onto something. And if it can't be framed or explained here, well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not real. In fact, it may be that it's more real than what you've been told is real. It's why we have anxiety, fear, and confusion. What is this weird place? Trust me, I felt that way too for most of my life. Then I had the direct experiences of the river. Once we do, we can now make a conscious choice to be informed by the river. And that's when everything changes. Life opens in the sweetest of ways and you begin to remember who you are. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you for being here, on the planet, and with me in this now moment. Remember, you are loved, and you are made of this love. There's a purpose for you being here now. Don't be afraid. I am meeting you in the intersection. And everyone here is saying to you, welcome home. It's there, it's where, where 
It's way 